Good morning, my name is Ryan and I am the Youth and Children's Director here at Real Life. And today I'm excited to bring to you a message on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This, this is something that we all possess, something that we all have and all need. We have gifts from the Holy Spirit if you have the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to talk to you about why you need the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you that all of you can use the gifts. But before we get into that, I want to tell you a little story. When I was younger, I was eight or nine years old, I used to visit my grandparents a lot. I know I talk about them all the time, but they're lovely people. And in the backyard of their home, my grandpa had built this barn. It was a really nice barn. And in the top portion of it, he built a loft. And this loft was almost completely enclosed, just a small little opening with a ladder up to it um, uh, for you to get in to the barn. And up there, he hung Christmas lights and put all kinds of cool toys, a little bit of rugs and carpeting down. We had a couple cots up there with sleeping bags and pillows we would bring out. We'd even put a TV inside of this loft. And we would often have our friends over for sleepovers or parties or whatever when we were younger. So on this particular warm summer night, when I was nine years old, eight or nine years old, I had a friend over. And this friend and I, we're hanging out, and I started to talk about Jesus. And here's the thing. I had just got back from a camp, a vacation Bible school type of thing, but it was an overnight camp for a week. And during that week, I had learned about the Holy Spirit. And because of the denomination I grew up in, it had a big emphasis on speaking in tongues. So for the first time in my life, I spoke in tongues at this camp. And so I was on fire. I was ready. And I wanted my friend to know Jesus and to receive the Holy Spirit just like I did. You see, this kid wasn't a Christian. So I told him about Jesus. I told him about what Jesus did for us. And he wanted to know Jesus. So I led my friend to the Lord. And after that, I started talking about the Holy Spirit and how we need the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. It gives you power. You can do amazing things, I told him. And then I told him about speaking in tongues. I said, sometimes you get the Holy Spirit. Actually, not sometimes. The Holy Spirit uh, is the evidence of speaking. Uh, and I was confused. I was a kid. But essentially, I was trying to tell him that if you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll have the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, I don't think I really understood exactly why uh, uh, we did that at that time why we spoke in tongues, but he was amazed that I was telling him I could speak a different language that I've never learned before. And so he looked at me and he said, Ryan, can you speak in tongues for me? Can I hear it? I said, yeah, sure. And so I squeezed my eyes real tight, laying in my cot, his cot across from mine. He's watching me. And then I just start speaking in tongues. And he's sitting there, eyes big. And he said, Ryan, that's like the coolest superpower ever. He was amazed. And now the next day he did go home and tell his parents that I was speaking in tongues up in uh, the, the loft of the, the barn. And they decided that we shouldn't have any more sleepovers. 
But here's the thing, the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they aren't scary, they aren't bad, but they just didn't understand. And that's why we are talking about this subject today. Because a lot of us don't realize that the gifts are for all of us. And we're scared of them. They seem weird and foreign. They seem like they are for, for the, the holiest of holy people, or Pastor Tim, or me, or, or the elders, or the, the person who comes to church every single day of the week to talk to us, and they come to every service and every event, and they don't stop reading the word. But I'm here to tell you, it's for all of us. It's for all of us. So today, we will talk about that. Let's pray, and then I'd like to read some scripture for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for today, and thank you for the people watching at home. I pray today that you will put the, your hand on them, that you will bless them, and Lord, that they will be empowered to use their gifts for you, to use your gifts in them, and we'll give you glory. Amen. So in Acts 2:14, we get to see Christians getting the Holy Spirit for the first time after Jesus has ascended into heaven. You see, Jesus had raised from the dead already. He spent days, 40 days with the disciples, teaching them. He replaced a couple of them. They're up to 11 disciples at this point, down to 11 disciples, I guess. And Jesus left and he said, before he left, he said, I'm going to send you all kinds of places all over the world, every corner of the world. But you're not going to be alone. I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. And, and, and not only did he say he would give them the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit would be with them always. You see, before this, back in the time of, of Ezekiel, when he would prophesy or the other prophets would prophesy or they, when they would um, uh, perform miracles, the Holy Spirit would descend upon them. But Jesus said, I'm leaving the Holy Spirit with you, and he will be with you always. So in Acts 2 and 4, we see the disciples, and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit. Jesus has ascended into heaven, and they are waiting. And it begins with this, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and tongues rested on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. After this, some people began to notice these crazy guys speaking in different languages. And they said, I, they, must be, they must be drunk. <laughs> they, they, they're crazy. But then they started to hear these men from different areas that didn't speak their language suddenly speaking the languages that they spoke. And they said, what, what's going on here? We, we can understand what they're saying. And Peter came out and he preached this sermon and he told them about Jesus and they accepted Jesus. It was amazing. The Holy Spirit was given to them that day, and the Holy Spirit is given to each of us should we receive it. And let me tell you, living a life without the Holy Spirit is not living the best Christian life that you possibly can. They're not scary. They're not strange. So what are the gifts? Like I said, they're not scary or strange. 
They're not what you're, what you're good at. They're not for the holier, the best of the best. They aren't the fruit of the Spirit. You know, the fruit of the Spirit we always talk about. Although, when you have the Holy Spirit, you begin to produce fruit. When you have the Holy Spirit, you produce life. You produce good things. You begin to have the fruit of love and patience and kindness and self-control and gentleness. But when you don't, you have death, hate, anger, impatience, no self-control. This is why we need these gifts. The gifts aren't the fruit, but the fruit is produced from the Holy Spirit. So they aren't scary. They're not what you're good at. It's not for the best of the best. But they're for all of us. Every single one of us. The Bible says a lot about this. The Bible tells us this many times throughout Romans and Peter, first and second Peter, and Corinthians, first Corinthians. It's for all of us. You don't need to get your life right first. You don't need to, to change first. You see, we're all on a journey. We're all at different places. And when you have the Holy Spirit, He changes you and what's in you. And He changes your heart and He changes your mind and your spirit. It's for all of us, my friends. So what are these gifts? Well, there's, there's a few different gifts and different denominations uh, uh, believe different things. Some say there are seven, some say there are eleven, some say there are nine. But I'm just going to go over nine of these gifts today. Just give you kind of a, a, um, a quick overview of what they are. But the, but, but the first gift, we see it in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 to 1, is given through the Spirit, the utterance of of wisdom. So what is that? The utterance of wisdom, the gift of wisdom. Well, I, I would say that it's how to apply knowledge. It's, it's knowing things. It's not just having knowledge, but it's how to apply that knowledge in the world around us. It's making the right choices. It's doing the right thing. The gift of wisdom. Then we also have the gift of the word of knowledge. So it goes on to say after that into another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. So knowledge, what is that? Well, it's interpreting the Word. It's, it's, it's getting to know God. It's interpreting the world around us through the way that God sees it. Knowledge. Next, it says, to another, faith by the same Spirit. Faith. Okay, you're a Christian. You say you have faith. You have faith that God's real. That's great. And, and, and that's the, the beginning of it. But faith is much more than just believing in God or believing that he will do something. Faith is knowing that God can do anything. Faith is believing that he will do it. Faith is believing that God is all-powerful. Faith is, is, is believing that God loves you. And he loves the people around you, no matter what you've done. There's no sin too great. He's already paid the price. One of my favorite examples of faith, and you may have heard Pastor Tim tell this story before, 
but his wife, Amy. Sometimes we're going to have an event here at the church. And we look at the weather forecast and it says it's going to storm. And this is an outside event. And Amy, she's got some great faith. See, Amy will be looking at the storm clouds. We'll stand outside and start praying and commanding them to go away. That's, that's faith. Just like Jesus calmed the storm, faith is knowing that when you have the Holy Spirit, when you have Jesus, when you have the same Spirit that He had, anything is possible through Him. The gift of faith. And it goes on to another gifts of healing by the same one spirit. Healing. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you're broken. Physical. Or mental. Or spiritual. The gift of healing. We see, saw Jesus perform this many times. The disciples, they went out and performed this many times. And let me tell you, friends... It can still happen today, and it does happen today. I've seen it in my own life. I'm going to share a testimony with you guys. So several weeks ago, several months ago now, I was beginning to get some pain in my body. Excruciating pain. My lymph nodes were swelling, and there was what felt like masses on them. I felt feverish and weak. I could barely stand. So I went to the hospital and they did all kinds of tests and scans and they couldn't figure out what it was, but they acknowledged I had all these symptoms. They sent me home because they determined at the time it was probably wasn't life-threatening. And then I, I went for a checkup and got some blood work done uh, with my doctor, my physician, Megan Fondren. She's one of the people that are on this video every week and on this stage every week at this church. Megan is also one of my best friends. I've known her my whole life. And when Megan and I get together, I mean, it's just a whole lot of loud, fast talking because that's who we are. She's also my wife's best friend. So she's my physician. So I got some blood drawn. She goes over the results. And it came back with some little off numbers. That's fine. And then she wanted me to get an ultrasound done on the lymph nodes just, just to see what was going on. So I go, to, uh, um, the, I go to the ultrasound tech and they scan the wrong area. They scan my abdomen for whatever reason. That's not where I was supposed to be scanned. And they discovered that I had an enlarged spleen. Now the spleen, that's the, the center, that's the home, that's the base of operations for your immune system. And so... They see that my spleen is enlarged. Megan calls me and says, Ryan, I need to talk to you. Can you come in? I'm at work. I say, yeah, sure. I talk to the staff here at the church and I say, hey, uh, I, I need to take a lunch break. I'm going to go up to uh, in town re real quick here and talk to Megan. She says she needs to talk to me. And Megan, she comes in and she starts saying, okay, um, I, I have some questions. She starts asking questions and she says, Ryan, okay, so this could be a multiple things. It could be cat scratch fever. You just got a cat. It could be this, that, or the other thing. Um, but here's the thing, Ryan, I'm going to be honest. I'm concerned because this looks like um, lymphoma, cancer. I'm 34 years old and that's scary to think that I might have cancer. I, I, was, I was in fear for the next 
several weeks. Going to doctors, getting blood draws done, feeling worse and worse. And then I began to pray. And one Sunday I had a friend call me. He, he asked to pray for me. He didn't know what was going on, but he said, I just feel God wants me to pray for you. And, and, and he doesn't even realize this. And, I'm, and even now I'm realizing I need to call him and tell him this. But he prayed that God would heal me. He, he said that God should heal my body and heal my heart. That friend doesn't realize what he did that day. He would tell you that he's a new Christian. He just got baptized recently. He would tell you that he doesn't know anything about the Word of God, that his life isn't exactly as it should be. He would say, God wouldn't use me this way. But he heard God and he had faith. And then he performed the gift of healing. Because here's the thing, he prayed for my heart, my spiritual heart, and my body that day. Friends, over the next several weeks, there's these things that I've been carrying around, results of trauma and, and, and a difficult life that God brought out, God shone a light, and God healed me there. And then I, I noticed that I was feeling better every day, physically. My lymph nodes, uh, the swelling was going down. I, I felt great again. I had energy again. And I go to get a CT scan. I, I was seeing a hematologist at this point. And he sent me to get a CT scan. And they do the scan. And I go back for, for the results. And he says, um, you know, I, I was concerned last time you were here. But... Um, you don't have any of the symptoms anymore. Your, your spleen is the size it should be. Your lymph nodes are the size that they should be. Your, your blood test results, your most recent blood test results look great. He said, well, we'll keep up in six months. I'm going to see you again, but you don't have lymphoma. As a matter of fact, you're, you're perfectly healthy. The gift of healing. Pretty incredible. Verse 10 goes on to say to another, the working of miracles. So what's the working of miracles? Well, Jesus performed many miracles. And you see all these crazy stories about miracles. You see crying statues of Mary and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not going to make a judgment call on that. But let me tell you, God still performs miracles today. We just may not be aware of them. He does all kinds of incredible things to keep us safe, happy, healthy, taken care of. And you know what? I, I fully believe that if you were at a wedding and they ran out of fruit punch, but they had some water, Jesus would provide a way. The Holy Spirit can provide a way to show everyone who he is. I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but that's just what I believe. 
Then verse 10 goes on to another, the gift of prophecy. So what is prophecy? So we think about prophets like Ezekiel and, and some of the greats in the Bible who, who would speak the words of God and they would tell the future. But here's the thing. Prophecy isn't future telling. It isn't fortune telling. Prophecy is speaking what God is speaking. It's hearing his voice and then saying it. That's all it is. It's easy. As a matter of fact, a lot of us prophesy all the time and we don't even realize it. Some of us could say that even what I'm doing right now is prophesying. Speaking the words of God. It's not as scary as it seems. You don't have to be some crazy guy in a dusty robe with uh, a, a matted beard eating lotus. John the Baptist. Say so he was prophesying. Prepare the way of the Lord. But you can prophesy too. And it's not all doom and gloom. We think about prophets and we think about the crazy person on the corner of the street in New York City standing on top of a speaker with a microphone and a cardboard sign saying, God is coming. You're all going to hell. Mm -mm. We're going to talk about this in a moment. But the gifts are for the building up of each other. Plain and simple. Distinguishing between spirits is the next gift or discernment of spirits. Basically, it's discerning right from wrong. A lot of us think we have this innate sense of what's right and wrong, but it's very surface level. You see, through my life, and I've realized recently, there's a lot of things that I was doing that I thought were right, but they were wrong. And until the Holy Spirit showed me I didn't realize that what I was doing was wrong. It seemed on the outside good and happy. But for years now, I've been doing something wrong. Because I wasn't relying on the Holy Spirit. But then he spoke to me. And listen, this next one, might seem crazy. You might be flipping through the channels on TV. And you see these, the, the Christian channel. And you see an evangelist on TV and he's up there and he's going. Man, he's sweating everywhere. People are standing there screaming and crying. He starts taking his jacket and swinging at people and they're falling over. There are people on the ground barking like dogs. And then there's screaming out this, what sounds like nonsense. Now, here's the thing. That seems scary and intimidating. And, 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 and I'm not going to judge the barking like a dog and the swinging the jacket thing. I mean, personally, that's not what I would do. But we'll leave it at that. But this next one is speaking in tongues. So when you hear somebody, it sounds like they're talking gibberish. But here's the thing. Speaking in tongues is just speaking in our heavenly language. It's saying the things that we would not be able to say on our own that God wants to say through us. He's having us ask for the things or say the things that we don't even know how to say. And that's it. Now we say that, that speaking in tongues is evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit. But it's not a scary thing. It's not a weird thing. You can speak in tongues. It's not going to weird people out. I mean... Some people, but others, it's going to lead them to the Lord, just like I led my friend to the Lord that night. 
Finally, there's the interpreting in tongues. So this would be interpreting what the tongues are saying. What, when somebody speaks this out, like in a church service, sometimes you'll hear another person respond out loud, and they're interpreting what that heavenly language is saying so that the people around can be built up. So here's the thing. There's a purpose to these gifts. It's not just to make you cool and powerful. This isn't even for you. It's for a few different things. I'm going to start with this. It's for others. It's for building up others. First Peter 4.10 says, Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. So here we see that we are supposed to use this for others. First Corinthians, First Corinthians 12, 7 says, ugh, First Corinthians 12, 7 says, to each is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the spirit of the utterance of wisdom and another through the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit for the common good. This is for others. These gifts that God just bestows upon us is for others. It's not to make you powerful, although there is power in it. It's not to make you more holy, although you are closer to God when you have it. But it's for the people around you. I spoke in tongues to my friend that night. His eyes got big and maybe it weirded his parents out, but he received Jesus that night. There's going to be a friend with me in heaven someday. Because at first, he wasn't really sure if he wanted to accept Jesus in his heart. But then when he heard the power of the Holy Spirit, for some reason, that made it real for him. Just like the apostles in the upper room receiving tongues. People who did not believe before heard their language. They knew who these guys were. And they knew that they didn't speak those languages and they heard their own languages being spoken, and they were saved. It's for others. It's to show God's presence. It's to give glory to God, to reveal God to unbelievers. It's not for you. It's for others. Although, it's for all of us. Well, what do I mean by that? We don't own just one gift. I don't just have the gift of prophecy. I have access to all gifts all the time. And so do you. God gives us these gifts as we need them. And here's the thing, we don't even own them. I was thinking about that earlier, and, and it reminds me of when you're listening to music and you have your phone and you have headphones on and you're listening to that music, right? Those headphones are like, like your gift, healing, wisdom. And you can hear the music. But the artist is God. That music doesn't belong to you. That music belongs to whatever artist created that music. You're just a conduit for the, for the gift. You're like the headphones or the person listening, receiving the gift. 
It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. Several years ago, Metallica, an old metal band, I don't listen to them much, but they decided uh, they didn't want people pirating their music off the internet, so they made it impossible to listen to their music on the internet. And listen, if you didn't have a CD player, and it was almost impossible to listen to their music unless you drove to a store and bought their CD. They owned the music. They owned the rights to the music. It was their music. And just because you could pirate it illegally off the internet didn't mean it was yours. These gifts, they don't belong to you. They belong to God, and he gives them as he sees fit. But we always have access to them. His spirit is always flowing through us. We just need to learn to recognize that. Recognize when he's speaking to us. Just like you recognize the voice of your child or your mother. Recognize when he's telling you to do something. Step out in faith and do it. See, he's going to take care of you. He's going to help you. Today, I, I, I just want to talk to you about Jesus himself. Listen, I know I tell this story often, but I think it's important. You see, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God that's in Romans. You can, you can all think of a time where you've done something you were not proud of. Could have been little, like lying. Maybe you're addicted to substances. Maybe you hurt others or have hurt others. Maybe you have impure thoughts. Maybe you're not a good person. The punishment for sin is death. We can't get to heaven. We can't do anything about it. And that debt that we owe to get rid of that punishment, it's, it's too great. None of us can, can pay that price. But God sent his only son, Jesus, to this earth. And Jesus lived a perfect life. He owed nothing. Why did he do it? Because he loved you and he wanted a way to save you. So Jesus allowed himself to be arrested, to be beaten and bruised, to have his body torn open, have a crown of thorns upon his head, to be nailed upon a cross. And he gave up his life. And he paid that debt for you so that you could be with him someday. Now he came back three days later. And we know about what happened after that because I just preached about it, the Holy Spirit. But today he's speaking to some of you and he wants you to come home. Listen, you don't need to get your life right first. You don't. You don't have to make sure your work schedule's cleared so you can come to enough church services first. You don't, you don't have to memorize scripture first. You don't have to abide by the rules first. Because here's the thing. Your debt is already paid. It's forgiven already. You just have to receive it. Receive his love. Receive his forgiveness. And where you're sitting right now to say, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm sorry. I'll live for you. And then live for him. It's not that hard. As a matter of fact, it's, it's wonderful. There's a lot of amazing things 
that come with living a life for Jesus. Now, your life won't be perfect. You'll still have trials and troubles. You'll still struggle. But someday you'll be home with him. And that's worth it. He, he loves me so much. And he loves you so much. My desire is to be with him. Always. He loves you. And not only does he want to save you, but he wants to give you the Holy Spirit so that you can go out and you can touch others and you can change lives. It's a beautiful thing. Friends, I love you. I pray you have a good week. And we'll see you next time.